I'd like to acknowledge that I work on Mum in Development on Garrigal land and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Also, a heads up that this episode contains some swearing for any little ears that may be around. Hey there, my name is Ellie Evangelista and I'm the host and creator of Mum in Development. I'm also one of two creators of Marcus, my son. In my journey of early motherhood, I just couldn't quite fathom how I was going to keep both my creative practice and my child alive. (laughs) Both things are so important to me and incredibly personal, seemingly a part of me, and yet both seem to continuously compete for the same parts of my brain and body. I know so many and I see so many working artists and mothers around me and I just thought, stuff it, I'll ask them how they're doing it. So on here, I don't ask all the usual mum podcast questions, but I hope you join me as I ask just one, how do you keep your creative practice and your child alive? Hi there. Another episode of Mum in Development. Thank you for joining us here today. And yeah, for all the feedback and just really, I feel like I say this every episode and it is true, but I really enjoy these conversations and they really give me a way to keep engaging in practice and to be thinking and um, reflecting as well while I have a small baby. And I I don't know how long I'm going to keep saying I have a small baby. (laughs) Maybe his entire life I'll be like, I've got a young child at home. But yeah, while the, you know, the proximity that I I feel like I want to be with him um, is quite high, this is still a way for me to yeah, be engaging in practice. I don't know if you'll be able to hear that in the background, but I found a way, well, I'm finding ways to have the actual chats I have with people without Marcus. I'm trying to prioritise doing that while he's not with me. Um, But these little, little kind of bits that I am recording I do while he's with me and right now it's while we're having breakfast, just keeping it real. I thought this was a way to keep him occupied for just a couple minutes so you'll probably hear him, yeah, enjoying, hopefully enjoying his breakfast this morning. A few weeks ago I went to an opening night of a show and in the show was, it was a large cast and there was uh, father and daughter in the show. Um, and I thought I sat there thinking, oh my gosh, I think she is incredible. The daughter was just phenomenal. And of course the father, um, 
it was as well. And I just was sitting there watching the show thinking, oh my gosh, she's so commanding. She has this real stage presence and there's a certain um, experience, I guess, that she she had this real confidence on stage. And I went home and I Googled, um, you know, her and her work and had seen that she had done some interviews about what it was like to grow up with a father who was also an actor. Um, and that made me think, you know, I'm always trying to find the pros as well, that I know that there are so many pros to having artistic parents or an artistic parent. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll talk to one. Um, and so that brings me to today's guest, Ivan Carlson, who is the son of a creative mum and a creative dad. And yet I did not have creative parents at all. I found myself in a dance class completely by accident. Uh, you know, I think my family find it very surprising that I have, um, you know, tertiary education <laughs> in the performing arts. So it's still quite revolutionary. And um, so, yeah, we just talk about what it was like to kind of grow up with a creative mom to also work with your mum, Ivan talks about how he's worked with both of his parents um, together as well at the same time. And, you know, we address the kind of Nepo baby chats that have been floating around and about how being exposed, perhaps is the right word, to this environment has also really um, allowed him to do you know, follow his interests, actually, to follow his own interests. So, yeah, a little bit of a different chat today, but nonetheless, I hope some little gems pop out. That's why I thought I should bring somebody on like you to talk about it, basically. Sounds great. <laughs> Do you want to start off by saying who you are? Yeah, um, my name's Ivan, uh, and we, we know each other from youth dance days, um, but a lot has changed since then. So now I mostly work as a theatre director uh, with a specialty in sort of puppetry or in visual theatre as well as uh, physical theatre. Yeah, and you have, I think had a really interesting kind of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I just mm -hmm. feel like from the outside you just follow your interests, whatever they happen to be. And that's why I guess you can say something so varied from like puppetry to physical theatre to theatre. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that probably has has stemmed a lot from my parents. I think you you already touched on um, both both the one of the best things and both one of the hardest things about having creative parents, even just in that first thing that you spoke about, which was um, you get immersed quite beautifully um, in that world, like that creative world. But then also you have the perception like you have of, oh, they must be that way just because mm. um, they have creative parents. And so I think that's something you're always kind of going up against. Mm. Um, because, yes, it is somewhat related to being immersed and being a part of it, but then you're also constantly in that struggle of trying to find your own 
worth or identity or feeling like you're just as valid without your parents. <laughs> yeah, like I wonder if you would have followed, if these would have been your interests anyway, you know, like if you had two soccer player parents or something or whatever, like I'm, I'm, I wonder, and we'll never know, right? But Yeah, so I think... Um, I, I was definitely not pushed into into doing this. That was, I think, the first thing was um, I did gymnastics when I was really, really young. Um, so I was a pretty active kid. And then I stepped away from it and did sport for a while too. And then randomly found myself in a, in a dance class um, with Danielle Mitic, actually. First ever dance class. And then um, absolutely kind of fell in love with it. But there was never any pressure around it it was um it was always try this thing and if you like it sure but if you don't that's that's fine um and then I think I've gone through periods of time of really not wanting to do what my parents did um so my my mum being a theatre director and playwright and um my dad being a dancer for many years I for a long time was like yes I'm I'll be in the creative field but I'll do something very different, you know. <laughs> I, I don't want to do exactly what they did. Um, and then later down the track, one also doing dance, also directing, but then actually finding this weird middle ground of of movement directing where I was exactly between <laughs> my two parents' professions. Mm. <laughs> it's a very strange moment. Um, but none of that was... Um, you know, pushed on me or anything. That was just happened to find my way there. And how is it now that you're there? Um, yeah, b- better. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely been a journey mm. um, for sure. I think there are big things that have happened in my life that have helped. Um, I think one of the, the major ones was uh, leaving Perth, like leaving my home. Mm. where my parents are kind of more well-known mm. um, and, and, and being able to find value elsewhere where, where you know, I moved to London when I was 19 um, for, for two years and I came back for a year a bit later. But finding some amount of success in a new setting that is completely unrelated to your parents um, was probably the biggest, biggest thing for me. Mm. Um, and has allowed me to sort of come back home and and have my own practice and feel comfortable about it, but also to feel more comfortable working with my parents as well mm. um, because of that. And you have worked with your mum. <laughs> I, I have worked with I've worked with both my parents mm. actually. Yeah, you actually came and saw that show as well. One of them. Oh, right. I um, did. Dying to dance. Yeah, I did see that. I really did. In Perth. I was th- I was thinking about this recently. Yeah, yeah, because I also think that. I brought you on stage. I was on stage. I bounced on a ball. <laughs> yeah, I bounced on a ball. I do remember. Um, your mum directed that. What's it like working with your mum? Um. Yeah, so there has been a few times that I've worked with my mum. Mm. Um, it began when it began with this project rights which had two kind of iterations of it the first was um actually when i was 11 
So I had kind of just started dancing. And it was around the same time that my dad was was starting to stop dancing. He'd, he'd sort of semi-retired, but he, he never really retired. But um, it, he was, you know, it was getting to that point. And I think they wanted to make sure that before he did finish that there was a chance to kind of um, for us to come together and, mm. and perform together and um, do something. Mm. And so rights the first time was a studio development that was just me and my dad with my mum directing. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm. And I think that was nice actually because it was just really the three of us. Mm. So it didn't feel like anything more than like just being around your parents mm, um, but in this sort of new setting yeah and also a chance for me at like 11 to kind of show what I could do as well mm. um, so that that felt quite good and I think that was the right age too for us um, where it was yeah it was you just were a kid and, you know there's no sort of pretending and then when I was 17 we did this fringe show called, and it was a, it was based off rights, and it involved a lot of um, sports equipment, and um, was about a similar topic, but this time involved three other dancers, um, whom all three of them had taught me at some point. <laughs> so essentially, I was being directed by my mom, performing with my dad. And three people who are basically teachers yeah. for me and, and kind of people to look up to. Mm. And that was very full on. Mm. I that was that was incredibly full on, partly because I was 17 as well. That mm. that age was tough because mm. you just want to say no to everything and um and I don't think you yet have the 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 sort of adult realization of of how things all work. Um but you think that you do. And, I still um, think I do. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that was probably the hardest. We did it. Um, I think it was also difficult because I had a slightly older brain mm. to watch both my parents working together. Mm. Um, and they've they've been separate ever since I was probably about two, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they've always they've always had a sort of. Um, relationship be it friends um but I think you are seeing two people work together that I'm used to them being separate totally yeah (laughs) and it and I think it was very full-on and then and because there are other people in the room I'm also trying to not be a kid or not reveal too much you know yeah um so that so that was difficult for sure. And then after that, I kind of think I kind of said I will never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> it was good while that lasted, but I'm yep. never going to do that again. Yeah. Um. And then it was like we spoke about where I went to went to London. Yeah. And then it was actually during my time in London that my mum contacted me and said because um, she was working on a show called Fearless mm-hmm. for her new company, um, Maxim, Circus Maxima. Mm-hmm. And they had had, I think, two people um, pull out between versions of the show. And so what it ended up happening was she needed a performer um, who could who could clown, who could who could do circus skills and who could do puppetry. And she 
she actually was like, I don't know anyone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> I act like I need you to come and do this because there, that's all I've got. Mm. You know, that's, I, that's, that's kind of, you know, so that also created a better precedent because I understood that this wasn't just because I was her son or something like that. It was, it was because I was the only one who could, who could kind of do this job. Mm. Um, and then, so we worked on Fearless together and that was a quite a large show. Mm. Um, um, and I think it was better partly because I had, like I said, I'd gone away. Um, but was also difficult partly because of others' perception of it, mm. actually. Mm. Um, I think we knew ourselves what the reason for me being there was in the relationship, but I don't think that no, I don't think everyone understands that. Mm. And that can be tr- quite a tricky thing. But um, that, that show worked well. And then a few years later, um, uh, my mum was creating a show called Catch. Mm-hmm. And and Catch was a, a sort of circus show that had a lot of uh, puppetry in it. So again, it's like that's mm. you know there there was a there was a reason why she wanted to bring me into that mm. so that I could also at that point I'd done quite a lot of puppetry and had a lot of training mm. so it was kind of come in you can you know bring a lot of the circus skills that I could do but also you'll be able to help with the puppetry. Mm. Um, and then that catch was probably the best it ever got, mm. um, partly because um, we'd had that journey to get there. Mm. I had there was a validity for me being there. Mm. Um, but then also what we found, which I think was quite important, was um, I I had a I, we 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 switched into director mode and performer mode. Mm. Um, and I had an ability to do that at that point, mm. to know what my like job role, is, yeah. my role is. Yeah. Um, but then also I think in, in that process, because it was over a couple of years, I just sort of relaxed mm. and my mum relaxed as well. And so I started to, to sort of bring a little bit of the, the son-mother dynamic into the room. Right. And what that ha- what the effect that that has was actually it kind of allowed everyone else to come in on that as well. Mm. So if I remember my mum would say some things that are quite ridiculous and I'm sure the other performers would never point that out. <laughs> <laughs> but because I'm who I am, I would point them out and be like, you know, make fun or, you know, of, of something that was said. Mm. And then it would actually allow everyone to kind of come in on that. Mm. And it became these 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 kind of moments of laughter and humor and togetherness. And actually kind of um made it less awkward if you just acknowledge that that is what it is. Yeah. You know. And because you could be the only person that can do that in the room. You kind of get away when your mum's the director going, no, nah, I think that's whatever, you know. <laughs> like you wouldn't necessarily say that to a director who's not your mum. Yeah, it's almost sometimes more awkward pretending that she's not your mum mm, right. in a professional setting yep. than it is just to acknowledge, yeah, she's my mum. <laughs> so this is, the, this is how it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no, yeah, I guess it would be just like, you know, call the spade the spade. Like, yes, that's my mum, everyone. I'm here. And it's interesting, like, 
you know, the term like Nepo babies that's been like floating around and stuff. And it's really interesting hearing you talk about um, this desire to kind of separate or push back and go, yes, that's what my parents do. But I'm me, everyone. Like I'm, I'm also, I don't want to be compared or um, thinking that I've just had everything handed to me because my parents also danced around in a studio or whatever. And I caught myself um, a play that I'm working on that's set to premiere later this year has a young child in it who just has a moment on stage, has to see this, the the actor, the main character, has to see this child who will probably be about my son's age. And I was pregnant when we were developing it and talking about this moment and I caught myself saying oh I'll have a I'll have a boy like about the right age by the time this comes up like by the time this is shown and I was like hang on like what am I doing am I really just you know I'm partly just going yeah my son can just just plop him on stage every night go for it but then I was like hang on am I is do I what like I just caught myself going, oh, is this a gateway that I want to open? Is he even interested in wanting to do this? Like he, he won't even be two or whatever. <laughs> um, like I was, I just kind of, so it's really interesting. I also know people who have, uh, you know, there's one actor I've worked with who has a very uh, well-known actor dad and his surname is purposefully different. He's taken his mum's surname as his professional name in this desire to not be, you know. So I think it's really interesting and that thing that you're talking about working on that project going, we knew why I was in the room because this job needed a particular set of skills and probably availability and location, all of the other things that get factored into someone having the role but having that need to be like, no, this is why I'm here. I'm not here just because it's my mom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know um, what the conversations were <laughs> when I was your son's age and how <laughs> yeah. involved I was at that age. I don't know so much. I think that the moments where they did involve me um, were based off of interests that I had already, mm. I think, established. So I remember <clears throat> when I was seven, I was um I was on the poster for the Perth Festival for 2004, I think. Mm. Um, but essentially because it required someone who could who could be on a mini tramp um, <laughs> and who was young and, and looked like a child. Mm. So because I had been doing gymnastics, I could do it. Yeah. And I had shown an interest in doing it. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think they brought me onto that. And it was the most fun day ever. I just <laughs> I just got to run in front of a room of like, you know, 25 people. Jump about. And, and jump on this trampoline into the into this huge um like it was like crash mats that you were landing on. Yeah. So for for me it was just the best day ever. Totally. Um and I think the same later on with the dance, I had already it was only kind of when I had shown a little bit of that interest. Yeah. Then it was like, well, okay, you know, this is, it's not like I was in, I was doing soccer. 
and they thought, let's put him in a dance show, you know? (laughs) I am seeing soccer and what I'm feeling is dance show. (laughs) Yeah, I see where this is going. Yeah. Yeah, but I I also had what you're talking about where um, my mum has a different last name to me. Yeah. And so that has always, I think, helped a little bit with the perceptions because only people who know us know that we're related. A lot of people who don't, don't don't think it mm-hmm. so a lot of like people watching catch or reviewing yeah. catch or these kind of things only look at the last names and don't assume yeah i think that's helped yeah um, for sure but i still you know even a couple months ago i was in a foyer and someone introduced me to someone else and said this is ivan and he has an incredible artistic pedigree right and i thought i'm not a dog yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> To have a to have a pedigree, just the whole idea of that, yeah, is quite odd. Yeah, that your breed, that your stock mm. is like I've got good stock. Yeah, for artwork and stuff, you know, like not anything else as well. You know, God forbid you wanted to do something that wasn't that. Yeah, that that's, mm. Mm. yeah, I feel like. Sometimes I catch myself as well. Um, I feel like it's my job as a mum to expose my child to as many things as possible, you know, different interests, different sports, and I'm always really, even different foods, I'm always really conscious to go, okay, is this something that you've seen or heard? And he's so tiny. I'm probably being too hard on myself. But yeah, I do wonder if that this exposure, you know, he's already he's been in so many rehearsals with me and slept through them and he's tiny and all of these things I'm like, oh, but should I be, uh, yeah, I don't know, this kind of intense exposure that you've had or he's had, like, I go, oh, I wonder if one day you're just going to look me in the eye and go, the arts suck. <laughs> Or something like that. Or go, you know what? I want to be an economist or something, which would be so valuable. At one point I wanted to be an economist. I thought it was awesome, you know. But I just, yeah, I always catch myself going, should I be exposing you to things I have no idea about? Like I can't even think. But but then also I really think that sometimes, you know, he's going to want to do cool things whatever they are, you know, you're going to, you're going to want to throw yourself off this play equipment. And I'm going to encourage you to do that because I know actually that I could tell you how to do it in a more safe way, hopefully, (laughs) because of my background and understanding of my body and things like that. And I, I think I've even had like a couple people not pull me up, but note about how much I let him do physically, because I'm just like, oh, he'll be fine. Like, so I'm also like, no, there, there are pros to this, right? Please tell me there are pros to having a creative mum whose life is perhaps a bit lacking stability and a bit up and down and a bit, um, yeah, is there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think there are. Mm-hmm. Um, just on what you said then as well, um, oh, now it's escaped me. Oh, that it, it changes, it, it changes. Mm. So as as I grew up, I had moments of thinking, why on earth would you choose the arts? 
I think around primary school, I was like, why wouldn't you just make money? Yeah. You know, other families have money, you know, and, and like really cool cars. Why wouldn't you choose that? You know, mm. but then you, but it changes. And then later on, I'm like, oh, thank God, you know, you didn't choose to have a normal job, you know, <laughs> um, gosh, that would have been awful. So I think yeah. you, you'll probably experience a variety. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, even hearing you talk about, um, you know, your travel and all of the stuff that you do internationally and that kind of fearlessness, that ability to go, you know what, I am just going to go to the other side of the world at 19. You know, you and I coming from Perth, I'm sure we know a lot of people who still live in the same suburb that they grew up in, which is fine, no judgment on that. You and I don't. and. You know, I also think that is something that if one day he said to me, I'm going to go to insert wherever here and study puppetry at this school, I'd be like, I can't wait to hear about it. And I think that some of that is because of this kind of um, non-prescriptive lifestyle in a way that I've had. Like, why would I ever say, no, don't do that when I've just done that myself, my life? So, yeah. Absolutely. I think you've hit on maybe the the, the, the largest pro to, <laughs> to having, um, for, for me, especially having creative parents is I always saw what the job looked like. Mm. I always, I always got to see how it worked. Yeah. So whenever I was in school or with the career council or whatever, who's telling me, you know, don't, don't work in the arts, you're not going to have a career. Mm. Um, I, I knew exactly what it looked like. Mm. And I thought, absolutely, I could if I wanted to. I, like, I know what that involves. Mm. So some of those pressures were never really there for me. Mm. Um, it did become a little tricky when I was studying dance because yeah. I found I sort of knew more of what it actually was like yeah. than the study of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I but seeing people survive or you know live a creative life or have a creative practice, you it's it's by example you know you know you know what that's possible you know that's yeah. possible, because um, because that's how you came into the world and I sometimes I sometimes remind myself that um, my parents raised me on the same thing that I'm earning at the moment yeah like. And almost, um, which is quite incredible, because when I was 18, I got my, I had my first professional gig at yeah. Spare Parts, 18, 19. And I remember thinking this was the, the same weekly earnings that they had while I, while I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> so not only, not only did they, was this uh, for themselves, but they, they were raising children on this, you know, which is incredible. But... Again, you see, you see it as example. I've never really thought about that, actually, um, and I'm really glad for me that you brought that up um, as my own little takeaway because I think to people that don't work in the arts or have this creative practice, it seems so fantastical, right? It's like costumes and travel and, yeah, we don't work all the time. <laughs> We don't have a nine to five. Oh, we get to do all this dancing and 
you know, or whatever it is, or go to opening nights and it's all marvelous. And um, yeah, there's this element of not seeing actually what the other 98% of the work is, which is really tough, you know, like there is a lot of, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really hard. Um, and I guess, you know, I, I kind of think if you knew what was involved, you'd have to be kind of crazy to want to do it yourself, right? Like <laughs> if you've grown up seeing this and going, oh, I, I actually know what's involved for you to still want to do it. You must really want to do it because actually if you've had that first kind of firsthand knowledge and exposure in that way, yeah, you must really actually still want to do it after having that kind of firsthand experience. Well, you see, you see it as possibility. You see it yeah. as possible. And I think because, and, and probably because um, a lot of the, the struggles or whether it be financially or instability or things were, were never actually passed on to me. Yeah. So that's something as well to consider is, you know, how much of that do you let your child in on? Yeah. Um, because for me, I never, I think, um, it, not not so much like kept from me, but it just wasn't prime focus. You know, I wasn't always aware of what jobs they had coming up next or where they, how much they had in their bank account or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so you, you only saw that it's, was just possible yeah and that we had food we had lovely experiences we traveled we got to do all these wonderful things so you know x x equals a equals b that um someone who has a creative lifestyle or a creative job perfectly managed to kind of live and raise kids so you you see it as possible yeah and something that i always think about that I feel like could be a really valuable thing as well is like when I'm considering taking on work, it isn't necessarily about the dollars all the time. It's a consideration and kind of has to be a consideration. But one thing I always want my child to know is that sometimes I take on a job because I really believe in this idea. Even if they paid me nothing, I see potential. I believe in this project. I believe in this artist. I believe in this story. And that has value, maybe more so than if they had paid me $4 million, you know? And it's that kind of balance of doing jobs that sometimes I think there's this analogy about the workhorse and the unicorn that sometimes you need workhorse jobs that are going to pay the bills and sometimes you you bank on the unicorn and you're like, yes, it is this small independent show that about 12 people will see, but this is important for because it extends my practice because of what this story is, because of the voices in this room, whatever it is, the, the kind of... Um, yeah, which I, I I always go, this is a valuable moment, I feel, for, you know, me to demonstrate to my son. It isn't about, you know, whatever the money is. So I always try and hold on to that as well. Yeah, I would I would even call it um it, you're 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 showing what it's like to follow a passion. Yeah. So even 
regardless of it being a creative field or creative practice, but you you are showing what passion and look like. Yeah. And I think that was something that I definitely took on a lot mm. and probably was instilled a little too much almost <laughs> because um, when it came to that sort of end of high school period of time, I, I had a lot of anxiety and um, kind of struggles, I guess, not not because of grades, like I couldn't care less. It was, but I, I thought, well, what if I never find my passion? What if I never am happy? <laughs> These kind of larger questions. Big that I questions. Think, yeah, that probably only come from having the parents that I had. You know, a lot of other kids at that time were, you know, oh, no, what if I don't get enough to get into university? And oh, no, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, but what if you never find your thing? <laughs> <laughs> about if I'm unhappy every day of my life <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah which is like actually though yeah yeah and and also to say that um I think my mom did have a have a balance of that mm. some of which I knew some of which I found later on um but there were those jobs that she really just took to get us through yeah. you know and and took to get us through periods of schooling or such and so yeah the workhorse jobs you know, yes. versus the unicorns. But, yeah, it's definitely a balance. So most of the people that listen to my podcast have young children, probably like five and under. So if I was like, convince us that it's going to be worth it. <laughs> I watch your career from afar and see how interesting and diverse it is and the kind of interests you have had as a maker and a performer and all of these different things. But, yeah, if I was to go, convince me that this is all going to be worth it, go. (laughs) Yeah, I guess um, on your point of stifling creativity or having being creative whilst also you know having a child um I mean I'm I'm kind of guessing as well um but I think there's a lot of value maybe in you have this kind of example of life an example of life that's growing and at different stages and I'm fairly sure that me and my brothers have been um, the 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 starting point for many plays and many shows <laughs> <laughs> because it's just there. So even the and because it is your life and it and it consumes, but there is something to be said about almost using it. Yeah. Um. Or that you have this, I don't know, creative starting point. I I, I don't. I'm not sure, but I wonder if that's why um, my mom started making a few more works for young audiences um, because of having young kids and understanding that. Um, there, There is a play at Spare Parts called um, Splat mm-hmm. that was written about me and my brothers mm-hmm. um, that randomly I ended up performing in <laughs> years, years later. <laughs> um, yeah. But something like that uh, is something that has directly come from um, yeah. So so there is something to be said about almost having a child is connect can, can make you more creative um and and can be a starting point for more ideas. Yeah. 
I agree with you for sure. I mean, I absolutely agree with you. And I just actually giggled when you said that your mum did more work for young people because actually in the past year I've mostly worked on shows for young people. Like it's just fallen that way and I'm like, oh, partly it's been great, A, because of the hours, like you can't work with young people from 6 till 10 p.m. So this works for me in a really practical sense. Um, But, yeah, also like doing a children's show and things like that, I'm like, oh, there is some value in it. But also, yeah, I know that there is, um, you know, your creativity is kind of constant in this weird way that you're constantly creating and trying new things and never doing anything the same. and also that it's also pinpointed. It's like if I only get 15 minutes, what am I choosing to do with that 15 minutes, you know, that there's this real laser focus? Or if I'm, say, right now recording this, it's like, no, I've set up everything so I can have the time to do this. Like this is of value to me. Um, but, yeah, so I hear you convince you yeah I mean that's <laughs> that hard um I think yeah I, I I think I think one of the things as well is I being in it being in a creative practice now I get a lot of people um and even going to a school that was for the performing arts mm-hmm. um I had a lot of people on my level or people I work with and things that that always are like, oh, how amazing is it to have had creative pe- Wow, your life must have been easy, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. People, you know, have parents who understand what you do and, and this kind of thing. Um, but to me, they were always just just normal parents, yeah. you know. Um, it was there, – there are positives, but it also – I think there's um, there's so much aside to it that is just – that is almost separate from that. Yeah. Um, that is that is just that, that it is who you are, but it is also your job, yeah. and you can separate that. Yeah, um, I have. And there is there is value. There is value. <laughs> I know that there's value. I I hold on to that really dear, and I think I'm a little bit maybe too facetious or something at times, where I'm like, oh, this is all doom and gloom. But also, I started this because I'm like, I know that there are pros. I know that there is an approach that I have to my parenting practice that is directly informed by my arts practice because I am like, yeah, go for it. Like whatever goes, you know, sure, there's no answer, you know, whatever. Um, And that that might not be everyone's parenting style, but I feel like it's (laughs) somewhat mine to be like, oh, there are no rules, but there are rules as long as you're safe, there are kind of no rules. but I'm going to ask the question of the podcast for mm-hmm. you. What would your recommendation be as, as someone who grew up with creative parents, a very creative mum, and now someone who has their own practice? How would you recommend people keep their creative practice and their child alive? Um. Get get them used to being in studios. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> find find ways to keep them quiet. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like one of the one of the big elements to growing up um, with what my with what my parents do is I just spent a lot of time in studios and theaters, and having something like for me and my brother it was it was Game Boys. Yeah. You know, we were we were big into Game Boys, and it was just something we used to sit under the chairs in a theater. Yeah. And didn't matter what was happening around us. Don't care. Got to get past <laughs> yeah. this level. <laughs> There's something about that that probably allowed, you know, for sure, for, for my parents to kind of work and things. Um, but I, but also, um, I think how my parents handled it um, is is they did a lot to help us understand what they do. Mm. So. I think we got we went and saw a lot of shows. I went and saw a lot of you know dance works, studio showings, um, all sorts of stuff. So actually being being involved, being brought into that, mm. even if it wasn't going to be what I did or was interested, it meant I understood what my parents did, mm. which then made things a little easier because you are not so resentful or these kind of things because you understand what it is that they do. Mm. Um, and then being involved in the conversation as well. So when I, we would go to um, development showings for young people's work and then be asked what you thought about it, these kind of things. So you're, then you're involved in the, the sort of conversation around it, mm. um, which I think is probably a lot to do with why I've ended up in the, the arts because I sort of talked about it so, so much <laughs> throughout, my, yeah. throughout my youth. I really understand it in a sense. Um, and then, yeah, I think, like you said, take take the jobs um, when you need them that that are going to give you that stability, um, and never push. Mm. Um, I think that was something for me, having creative parents, is it was never pushed, mm. um, and I think that was a very important thing for me. That, that when there was an interest, you know, sure, you know, um, support that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really good. I just was thinking as you were saying that about how, I mean, I'm never going to know. Please, God, I hope I never know another job than the one I have now. But that we do are so lucky to have a job that I can involve my son in. You know, it isn't I don't work at a law firm where everything is hush hush and confidential or, you know, that it is a is it is a job that I can go, hey, you want to read this play? Hey, do you want to come see this show with me that I've I'm interested in? That it is something that we can have a dialogue about and um really be hands-on about like, yeah, do you want to come sit in the theatre? I mean, this is, you know, when he's older, during a tech, go for it. Um, so that is a big pro, I think, that it is a job that you can be involved in. Mm. And I think one of the one of the main, one of the large positives that I've only come to realise later on is that you are a part of a larger community mm. too. So nice. So growing like because because your parents work, work with a lot of people that come and go and mm. um but you're a part of an industry and a and a, a, a community that often is is foyer based <laughs> so <laughs> I, I grew up in foyers like there's a few of us that call it we call each other sort of foyer babies yeah because we would grow up in that environment yeah and then 
the other people in those environments would be our aunties and uncles who yeah. who do the same thing. You, they see you in a foyer like, oh, you've grown so tall and, yeah. um, oh, what are you doing now? Oh, that's great. You know, it's, it's kind of that same relationship, but it's yeah. with people who are actually not in your family, but it is a kind of family. Mm. And so then, then what's been strange um, is being in that same industry now because there are people who knew me all the way through. Yeah. Um, who I'm now sometimes working with or yeah. are like um, reviewing me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one that came to mind just now was um, always bring back gifts when you travel. Nice. <laughs> that was always something I remember fondly because there were moments where I think either of my parents had to travel yeah. or go on tour or for whatever reason. And and always bringing back something always made it a little sweeter. <laughs> it always helped, especially when you're younger and you don't necessarily know why they weren't there for the last week or yeah. why, um, you know, things were the way they were. But, ha- but being thought about, yeah. you know, um, I think especially that it wasn't so much of the sort of FaceTime and things um, yeah. then. Um, so, and then phone calls when you're that young, are not like yeah sort of it whatever yeah but but gifts yeah and thoughtful gifts was <laughs> always was always special yeah we were actually just talking about that at home about because I was away last week and took my son and then coming back together as a family we were like oh we should have a little thing that brings us like back together as you know landing at home and going okay. And now this part of our life resumes to back to what it was because it's a disruption, right? Like when you do have part of the family unit or mum or dad going away or something like that and not understanding, hang on, what's just happened? Um, yeah. Yeah, and on on that I would say sometimes instability can be something that's not so good, you know, in, create, in creating a safe place and stability and things. But then I also think that because of the instability in my life growing up, you know, we moved house a lot. Mm. You know, sometimes we would move house every year because we were renting and things. But actually that that instability gave me a lot of resilience. Yeah. And probably allowed me to do things like move overseas and yeah. be in other places. So I, I I think that that was a large worry for my parents growing up and probably you're thinking similar <laughs> of, do you know what I mean? How, how totally. negative is this instability going to be? Yeah. And and it it can be a positive thing. Yeah. I think. I uh, I'm curious, do you ring up your mum and go, Hey, I'm stuck on an idea? <laughs> <laughs> um something happened. Like I, I don't know how to I've I've got this thing I'm trying to figure out. That's yeah, that's an interesting question. I would say that our conversations are more about the 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 work mm-hmm. so so not not the creative side of it mm-hmm. I would say our conversations are more about the the job mm-hmm. and handling the job or handling the producing or the contracts or the <laughs> you know all the all the really boring stuff that yeah. um and and then we talk about the we talk about making work a lot what it is like to work as a director or make work or some of those kind of struggles or, you know, working with actors or um, 
putting on work, you know, programming. We talk a lot on that side of things, Mm. but actually we probably don't talk very much about the creative side, partly because I like to keep that to myself. Yeah. And I think actually the same on her end, I imagine. I mean, you're not collaborators, right? No. (laughs) Yeah. But but there is something, and it probably stems from that idea of just of wanting to do it yourself. Yeah. Of, of, yeah, wanting to find the, the self, the value. So I think the things that surround that I'm perfectly okay with accepting help, (laughs) but there's something about accepting help in the creative side of things that I've always been a little uncomfortable with. Yeah. And I want to do it myself and want to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I said that, like, you're not collaborators. Like, that's a question you would go to a collaborator for as opposed to someone you were just lamenting about the day to, you know, going, oh, yeah, rehearsals ran over 45 minutes, blur, or whatever, you know. (laughs) That's something you'd say to someone you live with as opposed to your collaborator. Um, So, yeah, those defined roles. But it has has been massive to have parents who understand understand those struggles when it comes yeah for when when you don't get your grant <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um when when the when you're working with someone who's a real pain yeah you know the, these kind of struggles yeah um to have have a parent who who knows exactly what that feels yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Mm. I'm I'm trying to think if I left anything out or if there's anything else you feel like you want to say. Oh, there was something. Mm. And it was, um, I think one of the pros Mm -hmm. was there is something about being in a creative field or having a creative job which almost forces you to stay current in a way. Yep. Because you 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 kind of are always aware of society and and because you are delivering something for that society, yeah. um, and even creatively you want to create things that are relevant. Yeah. And so I think I think especially with my mum I've seen that a lot mm. is that she always kind of gets it. Yeah. Um, so even as things change rapidly, you know, when I was in high school or things, or you talk about these kind of big ideas that are coming into our society like climate change climate change as an example yeah even even how technology is growing mm. um i've always had a parent who kind of understands that yeah and i think that's always held a lot of value and i think that that comes from yeah this 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 need almost to know to know what people are doing what people want what people are experiencing yeah i I'm really glad you said that, mostly for my own selfish (laughs) reasons because I guess I didn't realise that that's something that I do inherently. Like you are always amongst like the zeitgeist maybe perhaps of the word um, about what is being talked about or um, what are big things that we want to respond to or make work about. And it's part of the job, right, is to – and this kind of cross-section of people that you work with is always changing and you want to have a certain safety and respect in the room for all of everything that you have to be abreast of those issues, not issues, but all things that come up. So, yeah, I'll always be a cool mom. 
But you'll also always be an uncool mum. Yeah, that's so true. I will be so uncool. Ellie here, the uncool mum. (laughs) Super uncool mum. I I sometimes wonder, like, if one day Marcus will be like, oh, for my first birthday my mum made me a podcast. Um, But we'll see. I felt like that was a really valuable conversation even just for me and for maybe nobody else. I really did take away so much from that and it was a really good reminder um, that I love having a job that I can share with my child, like the kind of real nitty-gritty parts and I've shared so much of it with him already. He has, like Ivan said, he has been in the studio and rehearsal rooms and amongst the music and sat through tech with me. And that, you know, it was only because it was possible because he was so little. Um, but, yeah, and he he's travelled with me for work and, um, yeah, just all of those little things. And I feel really thankful that I, I do have a job that he can really be involved in. And that's something that I think is so special. I can't wait to ask him one day, hey, what did you think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Even already in motherhood, you know, when your child finds something interesting that you just never would have picked, like, you know, you think that they're going to be interested in this part of the book, but actually they're just so focused on this tiny little minuscule detail that you didn't even notice or it's not what you expected. I can't wait to see what happens on the larger scale of that when we see a show and he picks up a detail that I that didn't register for me we're still eating breakfast and that was him throwing his food on the floor (laughs) um as always I'm being really diligent with my show notes so you can find out about Ivan's work on his website which you're on in the show notes below, he it's so varied, so, so varied. Really, I, I feel like he follows his interests and that that is, again, something that I feel so excited to encourage about in my son as well to just, yeah, be like, okay, can't wait to hear about the this thing that you've chosen to do, whatever it is. Um, and that that really excites me. So, yeah, Vaughn's work covers smaller independent things that he's made to kind of large-scale touring. Oh, gosh, Marcus, interrupting me right at a key point. Um, work as well, so be sure to check him out. And I'm really thankful we had that chance to talk because I personally took some really nice reminders away from that conversation. So thank you, Ivan. Thank you so much for that. And as always, thank you for joining me in another episode of Mum in Development. The next few chats we have lined up are back to the mums. <laughs> we'll be back to the mums. We've, you know, dad a, done a dad and a son in the past couple. So we'll be back to the mum episodes next. And I hope you keep joining us. Like, subscribe, or give us a rating on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast on. 
But because motherhood and creative practice are both ultimately collaborative, I'd really love you to share this podcast or this episode with somebody who you think would enjoy it too. See you next time for another episode of Mum in Development.